book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 3. Before we get started tonight, I want to uh, kind of go back and summarize what we studied last week. We studied on having a foundation and having our foundation uh, complete, having our foundation solid, having our foundation unshaken. Uh, in order to, to have a, a chief cornerstone, it was something that could not be moved. It was something that could not be bumped. Uh, I went and looked at a generator. A guy called me and said it wasn't working this week. And whenever I drove up, the generator was kind of laid over on its side. <laughs> They're not supposed to be that way. I said, what happened to it? He said, well, well, I may or may not have hit it with a lawnmower. And uh, whenever it says it may or may not, I kind of assumed that, that it was definitely a lawnmower. And... Uh, and because that generator had a, a firm foundation, I mean, it, it was solid. It wasn't going anywhere. It was sitting on concrete. But whenever something flopped over, it didn't matter what kind of foundation that it had. Have you ever stumbled or tripped or fell on solid, smooth, perfect ground? I'm not the only one. You shake your head up and down. I, I have too, Brother Randy. Been running up and down the basketball court, and all of a sudden my feet get tangled up, and that basketball court is solid. Solid as a rock. It ain't going anywhere. It's not moving. There's no spring in it at all. And we're still going to trip and fall. And tonight we want to look at that. No matter how solid our foundation may be, what we build on it matters. I showed my wife a video the other day, and it was awful. It was a security camera video. And it was a picture of a house, and, and it was kind of a... Uh, so it was a house built right here, and then it had a garage. But it looked like two or three houses built on top of the garage right beside it. And it was a stick frame. It didn't have any plywood around the walls. It had plywood on the roof which didn't make good sense to me because you're supposed to plywood the walls first. And evidently it had no bracing in it because it showed the wind blowing and whenever the wind started blowing, that house started to lean. And that house was built on a solid foundation. It was concrete. That concrete wasn't going anywhere. But that wood began to lean and it began to lean and you could just see it coming. And all of a sudden, bloop, there it went. It fell over and it hit the, con the, the carport and then the con carport fell over. That happened to my house. Whenever we started building, we got the first floor put up. We wrapped it in plywood. It wasn't going anywhere. Whenever we stood up the second floor, we did not brace it the way we should have. And a wind come by. And I drove by there one morning, and there it was. The whole second floor laid over on its side. Completely and totally had to, to start over and rebuild. And regardless of how good our foundation may be, if what we put on top of it, and, and for lack of a better word, if what we put on top of it is absolute garbage, then it ain't going to make it. If we don't brace it up, if, if we don't solidify it, if we don't build in the way that we should, we can be built on the perfect foundation. But down in verse 15, he says, If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. If what we build on top of that foundation is not Christian, is not Christ-like, is not God-breathed, is not God-led, then what is the point in building on a good foundation? We might as well just build on sand. Now, last week we finished, uh, or we studied on having that firm foundation, and tonight I'm going to go under the, uh, under the assumption that everybody has that foundation, and we're going to build on top of that. Uh, we're going to build beyond that. So if you have your Bibles, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, we're going uh, to pick up in verse number 9. Verse number 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's builders. Building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Can anybody in the world, can anybody, can you, me, anybody go out there and build anything without knowing how to do it? Can we do it? Absolutely. Can we do it right? No. 
If I don't know how to do it, how am I going to do it? If, 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 okay, so I put together a chest of drawers. I told you all about it the other day. Attempted to put it together the first time, didn't put it together right. Attempted to put it together the second time, didn't put it together right. Went and dug out the instructions, nothing to it. Fifteen minutes, me and Bailey had it put together and all the drawers worked. If we follow the instructions, if we know how to do it, if we pay attention, we can do it right. But if we just go at it gung-ho, I know how to do it, I'm going to do this. It don't matter how good a foundation is built. If what we build on time, if what we use to build, if, if the works that we provide, if, if what we do in service to God is actually not in service to God, if we live every day like we own our own life, like it's, so there's a, what's it called, an acronym? Anagram, whatever it is going around. Uh, you sure? Okay, so it's YOLO. That's, that's an acronym? Okay. YOLO. Anybody know what YOLO means? You only live once? It's a lie, but the people say that. See, people say YOLO, and then they go down the zip line. Or they say, you only live once, and then they bail off a cliff into, into the water. And, and they do that saying that, that I'm not scared. I only live once. I have to enjoy it. And, and I'm all for somewhat of a you only live once attitude. You only live once, share Christ. But the fact is that, that we don't only live once. Our soul is eternal. And we live, Brother Randy, we live twice. We get to live twice. We get to live on either side of death. On this side of death, we get to prepare for the other side of death. And the other side's a whole lot longer than this side is. So what we lay up on this side, what we prepare on this side, is a whole lot different than the other side. There's a cooking show on TV. It's called Chopped. I used to really like to watch it. It's, it's really good. I love to cook, those of you that know me. And uh, so in Chopped, you get a, a secret ingredient laid on top of your basket or whatever it is. Whatever that secret ingredient is, you have to use it to cook. Sometimes he'll give you a, an actual dish to cook, but most of the time it's just an ingredient. And then you get an opportunity to run to the pantry really fast to get everything you need and come back to your station and start cooking. And in one episode, once everybody ran to the pantry and got what they needed and came out, they locked the pantry. And that was part of the challenge. And if they didn't grab something that they needed, they were in trouble. If they did not prepare for that dish that they were cooking, they were in trouble. Well, us running into the pantry is our life that we have here. We are preparing for, for the dish, which is eternity. Do we get everything we need? Or do we miss something? In between now and then when I die, whenever that may be, I have the opportunity to prepare for the other side of death. I have the opportunity to prepare for eternity. I have an opportunity to build upon that foundation, which is Christ. Whenever He saved my soul, He, 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 he made that foundation for me. That is my foundation, but what I build on it is strictly up to me. We can build absolute garbage or we can build something that is worthy to be presented to God. And tonight my question is, what are we building? What is it that we are building? Is it something that is worthy to be given to God? Uh, or is it just something that we stick together? There's a story of a carpenter, most of you probably heard it. He was an awesome carpenter. Everything that he built, people wanted. He built the most exclusive of homes. And whenever he did something, you knew it was done right. It was extravagant. Most of his work was completely 100% articulate in that. He took his time and he did it all right. Well, he was getting ready to retire. And the guy that he was working under told him, hey, I need you to build one more house for me and then you can go. He said, just one more house. So the guy, he didn't really want to do it. And, uh, and then he skipped a few steps and he skimped on this and skimped on that and uh, 
whenever he got finished, it, it wasn't some of his best work. It, it wasn't one of his houses. It was just something that he threw together last minute. And the contractor said, he said, this is what you're going to be remembered by. Your last house. Everybody's not going to care about all these other houses that you did great on. They're going to remember that last house. They're going to remember that last thing. I draw this on the board for my kids at school. Every year, whenever we get started, I want to draw it for you if you'll just bear with me one second. One plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. That's a plus, not a times. Three plus three equals five. Four plus four equals eight. And I asked the kids, I said, what do you see? They said, you got one wrong. I said, yeah, but I got three right. But you got one wrong. No, but I got three right. I got two right then. I did. I missed that first one. That's supposed to be a one. I got two right. And you focus on the two that I got wrong. Why? Because as humans, that's what we do. I have some painters at my house right now. They started a month and a half ago. And uh, and they skipped a lot of spots. And, and they did they, they're the ones that they did the church over here. And they did a great job. And they did a good job on the sheetrock. But they did a terrible job painting outside my house. And they're having to go back and they're having to, to touch up and they're having to redo. Because they, did, they, they, they didn't do it right the first time. They Everybody sees what we get wrong. I didn't see the great job that they did. I saw the spots that they missed. You didn't see the two that I got right. This one and that one. You saw the two that I got wrong. That's the first thing that your mind goes to. That's the first thing that everybody sees. That's what is going to stick with everybody is, is what we did wrong. What we messed up on. Everybody don't remember how good we looked on days. They remember how bad we looked that one time. They remember that one time that we showed up, just barely made it in, hair a mess, forgot to put makeup on, two different shoes on. For me, it's a, 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 I mix my blacks and browns all the time. Or I'll miss a button. Or I have one shirt that's missing a button here and a button here. And I'll accidentally grab it some mornings. And if I'm running behind, it happens. I put a safety pin in it. Nobody notices that's what I tell myself. Nobody notices. People notice. They notice when you're wrong. They notice when something's a little off. They notice whenever our building looks skimpy. They notice whenever we take shortcuts. They notice whenever it's not quite right. Do we do that in our spiritual life? Anybody here unable to function without coffee? My wife used to be that way. Being pregnant now, she's not that way anymore. But she used to be that way. She used not to function without coffee. Could not do it. Are we able to function without God's Word? Are we as dependent on the Bible as we are coffee? In order for us to function in the morning, in order for us to do a good job, we get up and we eat a good breakfast, or we get a good cup of coffee, or in my case, coffee milk. If I drink coffee, I'll have more milk than coffee. And that allows us to get up and get a head start on the day. But does God's Word do that for our spiritual life? Is God's Word part of our get up and go? Is God's Word part of our breakfast? Is that something that we skip in the morning or is that a step that we take? In our spiritual life, what are we building? Are we skipping steps? Are we jumping off into things that we ought not to? I want to read a few verses here to you. Psalm 17, verse number 3. It says, Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed in my mouth that I shall not transgress. Psalm 17 and 13. It said, Thou hast tried me. 
God is going to try us. God is going to blow on our building. What did the big bad wolf do? He huffed and he bluffed and he, he blew the straw house down. He huffed and he puffed and he blew the brick house down. God is going to huff and puff on our house. Stick house. Stick house. God is going to huff and puff on it. We are going to be tested. And our foundation ain't going to move. If our foundation is built in Christ, as we've talked about last week, our foundation is there. But what is on top of that slab? What is it that we have built? Throughout the refining process, and a lot of times, especially in the Old Testament, the process of testing a Christian, testing what a Christian has built, testing a Christian's life, all comes down to, or is compared to, metaphorically, gold. Zechariah 13 at 9 says, I will bring the third part through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined. I will try them as gold is tried. Malachi 3 and 3 said, He so shit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and as silver. Whenever God begins to purge us, whenever God begins to test us, whenever God begins to blow up on our building, whenever God begins to test that what we have built, what is it that we have built? Flip back to 1 Corinthians. He said, Now if a man built on this foundation gold, silver, and precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. Now he's talking about building on top of this individual foundation. I'm going to talk about tonight what we put on top of that foundation. Do we lay up Gold, silver, and precious stone. Do we lay up things of God? Do we lay up works for Him? Are we missionaries for Him? Are we evangelists for Him? Do we testify for Him? Do we worship Him? There was people singing today. They're trying to bring the choir back in chapel and, and, and it's full of kids. And they get an opportunity to sing. And it's 10,000 Reasons. Uh, Mackenzie sung the song here. It's a beautiful song. It's a song for everybody to sing out and sing loud in. And they were all mumbling. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to say. These kids are louder in my classroom, but they're mumbling whenever it comes to singing. A lot of adults are louder out there, but they mumble whenever it comes to worshiping God. That is all part of that laying up treasures. God not worthy of worship. Does he not deserve it? And yet we mumble. God tells us to, to go into the world, to teach, to preach, to be that witness. He says be witnesses into the uttermost part of the world. That's what he says in Acts 1. Are we being that witness? Do we carry that testimony with us everywhere that we go? Do we share it with other people? Do we act like a Christian inside a church and outside a church? Or, or does that door have some kind of effect on our life? That's what we're building on top of that foundation. How much we share Christ with the world is all part of that building. That building process. And it's not something that comes together quick. It's not something that comes together easy. Those of you that's built knows that it's not something that happens overnight. These TV shows, they get the house built in, in, in seven days or 14 days or whatever. And, and I'm just thinking, that is absolutely crazy. They've got two or 300 people working on it 24 hours a day. We get the opportunity to work on our Christian life 24 hours a day. How quickly, how quickly do we get our house built? How quickly do we get our Christian life built? He said, every man's work should be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Now, if we build, if we build on top of this foundation, and we build wood, hay, and stubble, whenever the building burned back here, the only thing left standing was concrete. Cinder blocks, cinder blocks won't burn. It was left standing. What happens to wood whenever you set it on fire? It burns up. What happens to hay when you set it on fire? Burns up cardboard. There's a video on Facebook 
uh, not on Facebook, on YouTube. I share it with my class every year whenever we begin uh, carpentry. And it's the importance of following directions. If you get an opportunity to watch it, it's, it's kind of funny, but it makes a lot of sense. It's called The Front Fell Off. And it's, a, it's an interview with a politician talking about the, the front of a cargo ship fell off uh, off the coast of Australia and spilled a lot of oil into the ocean. And he said uh, the ships are built with rigorous standards. And the interviewer asked him what kind of standards. He said, well, uh, they, they have a very specific they have a very specific checklist that they got to follow in how they build these things of what materials they can be built out of. And the guy says, like, what? He said, well, cardboard's out. Can't build a ship out of cardboard. Wood, paper, plastic, no tape. And the guys are sitting here shaking your head. And by this time, you're, you're crying laughing because the guy looks like he is absolutely, totally, and completely serious. Our life can't be built out of cardboard. Our life can't be built out of playing cards. Our life can't be built out of paper. Today in class, we built bridges out of popsicle sticks, and they held up a Hot Wheels car. They ain't going to hold up much more. If our life is built out of popsicle sticks, it will not support much weight, and it will not survive the fire. What is our Christian life built out of? For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort that it is. And if a man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he shall receive... A reward, and if man's work be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now you may say, whenever we die and leave this world, what kind of loss can we suffer? He's not talking about suffering a loss in this world. He's talking about suffering a loss in the next world. This opportunity that we have on this side of eternity, on, on this side of death, is to prepare for that side. It's to go into that pantry and get everything that we need, everything that, that, that we can do to lay up over there. I heard a man preach as uh, uh, Brother Paul... Uh, Swanky. Uh, Brother Paul Swanky, he was from Pennsylvania. He came and uh, preached in Summit, Mississippi, uh, preached a revival. And he talked about uh, that heavenly piggy bank. And I made a, a very good analogy comparing laying up treasures in heaven to a heavenly piggy bank. And he said nobody can take money out of that piggy bank. Once it is in there, it is there. But he said it's hard to get stuff in there. It's hard to deposit money into that piggy bank. It takes work. It takes effort. And we have a foundation to build on. God's going to give us the piggy bank. But we've got to fill it up. God's going to give us the opportunity. But we've got to put the money in there. We've got to put the, the gold, the silver, and the precious stone. And if we don't, if we build our life around what I want, around me and my and I and all those pronouns and, and whatever you call them, I think they're pronouns. If we build our life around the pronouns of what I desire and what I want, whenever it all comes down to it, it's going to burn up. We can build everything that we want down here. It's going to be burned up. Everything. George Strait said he's never seen a hearse with a luggage rack. You can't take it with you. It's not going to happen. So whenever we lay up treasures, are we laying them up here or down there? A man died. He had a million dollars. He said he wanted to take it all with him. He said he wanted to be buried with it. He said he wanted it all with him, so his wife said she wrote him a check, put it in the casket, buried him. He couldn't take it with him. He couldn't do anything. That, 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 that was it. You can't take your money with you. It don't matter how rich you are. It don't matter how big of a house you're going to get. Somebody else is going to get it. Sunday we read about the rich man. He said, God said, thou fool, today thy soul shall be required. And then, whose will all this be? Once somebody else gets it, what does it mean to you? Once you're on the other side of eternity, you can't come back. You can't re-prepare. You can't open that door and say, look, I missed something.
Today, we have an opportunity to lay treasures up in heaven. Did we do that? Tomorrow, we will have an opportunity to live for God. We will have an opportunity to build on that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. We will have the opportunity to share the Word of God. We will have the opportunity to read and study God's Word and draw closer to Him. Will we take advantage of that? Will we do that? 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 8. Elijah is scared to death. He's running. And before he finds himself in a cave, and I've always read over this verse until this past week. 1 Kings 19, verse 8, he said, He arose, talking about Elijah, and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. Now we know that biologically speaking that it is impossible for a man to eat and drink and then go and live 40 days without consuming something else. That is 100% impossible with man. But the Bible said it happened. He went in the strength of that meat for 40 days. God is able to provide us strength if we'll go for Him. God is able to give us the building materials that we need, but we've got to use them. We have the opportunity to go to Pine Hardware and get quality lumber or to go to dirt cheap. We have the opportunity to do it right or not to do it right. God will provide if we want to do it right. God will provide if we want to share His Word. God will provide if we want to praise Him. God will provide if we want to read and study. But the desire has to be with us. You can't go out and get a job and sit around and do absolutely nothing and, and not work and not show up and still expect to get paid. Unless you're a politician. You, you just can't do that. You can't get paid for it. You have to put forth effort. You have to work. The same thing goes with building on top of that foundation. The same thing goes with building that life that belongs to God. John chapter 6, verse number 27, it says, Labor not for the meat which perished, but for the meat which endureth in the everlasting life, that meat that God provides. 1 Corinthians three fourteen. he said, If a man work shall abide, and he build thereon, he shall receive that reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. Tonight, I hope that we can all examine the building that we are building, the Christian life that we are building beyond salvation how far has our building got if you've been working on your house for seven or eight years and you don't have the roof on it yet and from a worldly point of view i'm saying you're running behind if you've been working on your house for that long everybody's done got in your plywood if you don't have a roof on it's starting to fall apart god said that he will provide us if we'll work for him God said that He will give to us. He will bless us if we'll live for Him. And that means growing. That means changing. That means, and, and people look down on this word, that means evolving. Did you know that Christians have to evolve? Christians have to change. We can't, we can't evangelize the same way we used to. We can't do it. It's got to change. And God gives each individual person a gift to go into the world and share His word. And share his gospel. Today are we doing that? Are we building using gold, silver, and precious stone? Or are we building using cardboard, paper, and plastic? We are building one of the two. Are we building a life for me? Or are we building a life for God? Are we laying up treasures here? Or are we laying up in treasures in heaven? Oh, we have a verse for song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation. Someone will have something.